You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul concludes his reading of Genesis chapter 24, noting the importance of paying close attention to even the smallest detail of every verse. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Then Laban and Bethuel answered, Okay, notice the authority, the father. The thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you bad or good. Okay, let's go to the Hebrew and see it there. Yasa Haddabar came forth the Dabar, Meyahweh from the Lord. Technically, you have a stress in Hebrew. You have, from the Lord came out the word, this word, this matter. Lo nukal, we are not able. Daber eleka ra otob, notice the power. Evil or good, you cannot say anything. And this brings you back to Genesis chapter 2. It's a beautiful verse, verse 50. Very important. We cannot say this or that. In other words, it is as though you're saying in English, we cannot assess the word of God as Adam and the serpent and Eve wanted to do. Beautiful verse. And notice the play on the Dabar time and again. And then Obviously, the link with the water and so on that gives life. And so on. Behold, Rebecca is before you. Take her and go and let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord has spoken. You see the repetition in the original. Ka'asher diber Yahweh. Notice, the servant wanted them to say something, to diber something. He said, we can't diber anything. Because what you said, the story you said, came from the Lord. And then we hear that as the Lord has spoken. Again, we are practically in Jeremiah, where the words that the people heard out of the mouth of Jeremiah were the words that God had put in the mouth of Jeremiah. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed down himself to the third before the Lord. Very interestingly, earlier he bowed down to them, now he bows to the Lord, and the servant brought forth jewelry of silver and raiment and so on. And he and the men who were with him ate and drank, and they spent the night there. When they aroused in the morning, he said, send me back to my master. Let the maiden remain with us a while, at least 10 days after that she may go. Notice how the story is preparing the lengthy stay of 14 years of Jacob. 
So they didn't give in quickly, but they asked his permission because already she was supposed to leave. Please let us enjoy her another 10 days. But he said to them, do not delay me since the Lord has prospered against the word, he's my way. Let me go that I may go to my master. They said, we will call the maiden and ask her. And obviously, Rebecca said, I will go. Notice how the story goes against not the will, but the wish of Laban for 10 extra days. And it was not given to him. A few chapters later, he's going to collect seven plus seven years by fooling Jacob, who had fooled his brother. I mean, if this is not intentional, what is? You know, people are amazed when I tell them, you know, the Bible is erotic. It's unbelievable how exciting it is. But again, you have to hear it and not make your own story. So they sent away Rebecca, their sister, and her nurse, and Abraham's servant, his men, and they blessed Rebecca, said to her, our sister will be the mother of thousands of ten thousands, which reflect the blessing of God, and may your descendants, again, RSV possess the original, has inherit the gate of those who hate them, which recalls Genesis 22, 17. Remember the inheritance of the enemies, the gate. Let me read it to you. 22, 17, I will indeed bless you and I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall inherit the gate of their enemies. Very close. Then Rebecca and her maids arose and rode upon the camels and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebecca and went his way. Now Isaac had come from Be'er La Ha'iroi. This is the place where Ishmael in Genesis 16, 14 and 25, 11 landed. Powerful text. So you see the preparation for the two estranged brothers because of Sarah, the mother, now are heading to come together. And they will come to the burial of Sarah and Abraham and be together. But notice the precedence. It is as though coming from the Middle East is the younger who goes to the older. To the turf of the older. Hmm? Now Isaac had come from Be'er Lahairoi and was dwelling in the Negeb. Okay, the connection with Ishmael. And Isaac went out to meditate, whatever the original word response there were, in the field in the evening, and he lifted up his eyes and looked. Behold, there were camels, 
And Rebecca lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she alighted from the camel and said to the servant, Who is the man yonder walking in the field to meet us? Servant said, My master. So he took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that he had done. Then Isaac brought her into the tent and took Rebecca, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted. Yin Nahem, again, Nahem, we discussed this in conjunction with Noah, after his mother's death. Hmm? This uh, Nihem, we have the name Nahum of one of the brothers and so on. So, very interesting that this happens after this strange verse 26, where Isaac is connected with Be'er Lahai Roy, which brings to mind Ishmael, which means that the author systematically has inclusiveness in his mind, where everybody will meet, guess where? In the cave, which is in the field of Ephron the Hittite. Very powerful. Because okay. you have to ask yourselves, always, do this. How many times I did it in the classroom? I will read something, and then without my students realizing, I will omit half a verse or one verse. My classic shortest omission is in 1 Corinthians. If Christ was preached to you as risen from the dead, everybody hears it as though it is saying, if Christ is risen from the dead. Even theologians, you jump. But if you don't jump, you realize that the resurrection is coming to you out of the mouth of Paul. It's not from your iPhone or the announcement of the bishop and the calendar. If Christ in the present tense, then you're still in this sense. That's the shortest possible omission. Try it with people. Try it time and again, and I bet you no one will miss it except those superlative Protestants that know the Bible by heart. But trust me, you can even fool them if you do it quickly. So, you have to ask yourself, why is verse 62? You may give a different answer than mine. That's fine with me. I'm willing to listen. But you may not tell the story in Sunday school, and this is what we do. Can you imagine in Sunday school spending 10 minutes on 62? You're not going to do that. But that is the sin of Sunday school material across the board. You just pick and choose, you make your own new scripture. And you have the people memorize the Skandal school material. That's why you quiz them. I have a nice story, let the hearers hear. It's a factual story. In one of the semester of New Testament, I told this recently to my class of Hebrew here at St. Elizabeth. The professor of New Testament, 
was a deacon, may he rest in peace, he died. And he was the professor of New Testament. He is the one from whom I learned to know the Bible by how he knew it just unbelievably well. And one of the semesters was on the Acts of the Apostles. At the end, the students, though Romanian, acted a la North American. So I was prepared for North American. How am, are we going to prepare for the exam? <laughs> and he said, but it's but huge classes there, you know. The attendees were 70 plus the people who took the course at a distance. He said, read the book of Acts and read the notes you took, which is your notes. But he said, read the book of Acts and read the notes. So we came to examples, oral, you have to go quickly. You, know, you have seven to 10 people in his office together and he moves, he asks questions back and forth. So, did you read the book of Acts? And then obviously we all said, yes, how can you say no? So you did read the book of Acts, he said. We said, yes, he said, okay. Tell me, how many boats or ships did Paul change between Caesarea and Rome? First students did not answer. Second, number seven happened to be Nadim Tarazi. And Nadim said, three. Thank you, A plus. Go out and send another one in your place. This is how the orals took place. My students here would say, so you had it easy, Father Paul. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's the trick. No one could argue. And from him, from many others, but specifically him. He knew even the old, but definitely the New Testament, just majestically. And all my professors in Romania were like that. I mean, they knew. So one more time. Your answer can differ from mine, you can disagree, but you may not dismiss it as though we can do without it. So first, facts. Three ships mentioned in the book of Acts, perhaps it took more, but in the book of Acts is three. And that's the way it is. Anyway, it's an interesting chapter. And what makes it more interesting that it's smooth. It makes you happy, it doesn't sadden you. It's a nice story. Almost Hallmark card, except for a few verses. <laughs> anyway, and at the end, so Isaac was comforted from his mother's death. Notice the connection with the previous chapter and the burial and the cave. You see how the links are made, because soon Abraham is going to die, and he's going to be buried there. And one more time, Isaac is going to be there with his brother Ishmael. Let me take it easy. The Bible is not erotic. It's just very exciting. That's good. It works. Yes. <laughs> okay. I think <laughs> Okay, buddies. Hallmark, you need a seven-page Hallmark. <laughs> the same story over and over again.
Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.